Welcome to What's the Tea, the TransLink podcast. Hello, and welcome to What's the Tea, the TransLink podcast. Okay, I'm not actually going to sound like that for this entire episode, but hey, happy Halloween. Uh, My name's John Jang, and on this episode, we wanted to have a little bit of fun considering it is the spooky season and explore the TransLink ghosts, ghouls, and horrors, because nothing is quite as scary like the moment you realize you're about to miss the last SkyTrain home. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 Naturally, we have to start this conversation by asking you, the TransLink customer, do you believe in ghosts? And here is what you had to say about that. Hey, it's Thor. We're out on the system today asking people if they believe in ghosts. Um, yes. Why? what's, uh, What's happened in your life to make you believe in ghosts? Well, my grandma passed away, so I like to think that, you know, she's still here kind of watching over me, stuff like that. Yeah. That's lovely. Thank you. Okay, great. You know, not really, but, um, you know, Halloween coming up, anything can happen. Like, maybe if you go to the graveyard or something, or walking through the forest at night, you might encounter something kind of spooky. Conjure some spirits. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Get a little, uh, the candle set up going. Yeah, the Ouija board. Yeah. Yeah, seance. Yeah, and try to, like, talk to the spirits up there. Do you yourself believe in ghosts? I would like to, yes. Um... I, I can't say I've ever interacted with one, but I think it makes life a bit more fun if you do. <laughs> so, yeah. Do you believe in ghosts? I do. I see them, actually. I see them quite frequently. I saw where I used to live. I saw a man, and I described him to her. She described him to someone else, and she said, that looks like my dead uncle that used to run a grocery store in that area. And I'm thinking, oh, you're the or where the house was at. Wow. Like, and I saw, described him to her, and that was her uncle, and I never would have known her uncle from Adam. And it was uncanny. Yeah, yeah, so that was creepy. That's amazing. How about you? Do you believe in ghosts? Oh, of course I do. I've seen my grandmother. I've seen my mother. I've seen my father. I've seen my cats. Yeah. Somewhere I see my dad and mom a lot, too. So it's comforting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it very much sounds like some of you truly believe in ghosts, and maybe you're listening right now and perhaps thinking, I don't know yet, maybe I'm on the fence. Well, what if I told you that some of Vancouver's most haunted locations coexist with our public transportation system? Waterfront Station, for example, is one of the oldest buildings you can find in Vancouver, having originally opened back in the year 1914. And throughout its long history, sightings of spooky scenes and figures have been reported inside the busy transit hub. And so, producer Alan and I decided to meet with Greg Mansfield, the author of Ghosts of Vancouver, to explore what makes Waterfront such a spooky, haunted location. And we took it one step further by recording this interview inside the walls of Waterfront Station itself. Great, here we are at Waterfront Station. Yeah. It is one of the locations that you've written about in your book, The Ghosts of Vancouver. Yes. So, I guess I'll just cut straight to it. Like, What makes Waterfront Station haunted? Oh, that's a good question. Well, the, I guess the obvious answer is it's riddled with ghosts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, why it's riddled with ghosts is a very good question. And I would say my own speculation is that anywhere where you have a, an older building mm-hmm. that has had literally thousands, if not millions of people walking through it 
over a hundred plus years as this one has. Yeah. Um, you get all that, what psychics would call that, that energy, that psychic energy that builds up. But also you have to realize if, if you think that some ghosts are the spirits of people who have passed, mm. and that's one of the types of ghosts. And you have to realize that probably many people have died here over the years. Either it's um, because this was once a hotel, if you can believe. Oh, wow. Yeah, 100 wow. years ago when it was first open. Um, part of it was uh, residences and part of it was um, accommodations for train travelers. So you got to realize that when you have hotels and residences, people pass away. Right. It happens all the time. That's right. Um, and also perhaps people just got passed away in the washrooms or something. Um, you know, I don't want to belabor the point too much, but another thing too is that... Um, we do have a theory or, or know that ghosts are also attracted to where there's lots of people. Mm. They just like that energy. So perhaps some just walked in and stayed. The average person, I guess, they don't think too much about like, oh, this place is haunted until like something right. really obvious has happened. Yes, yeah. Um, well, the thing is uh, to kind of address that is that most people coming through the station on a daily basis as a commuter, uh, you know, wouldn't pick up on it. Mm. Um, it's it's late at night. Mm. It's literally when security guards are walking around at 2, 3 in the morning when most people are at home in bed and the station is empty. Mm. Uh, where things have been seen, footsteps have been heard on the on the stone floor, you know, flooring downstairs. Uh, and, and that's when it gets picked up. Mm. Maybe they're hearing things. It's a big building. It's nighttime. Maybe they're hearing creaks and moans and groans. Well, no, they're hearing more than that, and they're seeing more mm. than that. They're seeing actual apparitions that, that that appear in front of them and then suddenly dissolve. So how do you explain that? Yeah, right. I mean, to your point, during the day, there's a lot of different things going on. The buses, cars oh. coming by, yeah. the hustle and bustle of, of everyday life. Yes. So the noises maybe don't get picked up. And at night, yeah. a lot of that disappears. Or, or you know, uh, you could have literally a ghost it has a full apparition, which is rare, I must add. But you could literally have a ghost walk in front of you in the station as you're busily hurrying on your way to catch sea bus or whatever. Sure. And it'll look fully human, mm. but it's not. <laughs> but you won't know, right? Because right. you, unless you try and walk through it, which you wouldn't do anyway. Uh, so it's kind of a silly point, but it's at night when these security guards, they have the most experiences. Or early in the morning, mm. um, as one of the stories in my book, uh, we have an employee on the third floor here because where we are right now it's it's offices today, right, right right whereas in the in the day it was um, there were rooms residences and, and so forth now they're offices so we've had some encounters with employees quiet hours when they first get in the morning they hear crazy things uh, doors being rapped on very loudly and so forth so that's another kind of a peak time well the the name of your book is the ghosts of vancouver yes so when we come up with that idea of ghosts, like the Hollywood version, <sighs> you know, the, the very scary, yes. like it yeah. really just wants to freak you out, maybe sometimes cause bodily harm, but that's not what real definition of ghosts. Yes and no. Mm. I mean, ghosts can have a go at you if they want to. Some ghosts have more energy, if you will, than others. Some are more able to manipulate objects and things. Some have been known to scratch people. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the truly evil things that are depicted in Hollywood, such as ghosts killing you or, you know, I don't know, playing really horrible tricks and so forth, that that's not the case. Mm -hmm. um, there seems to be some kind of, you know, again, I'm speculating about, you know, what some people would say is the unspeculatable mm -hmm. kind of thing. 
for want of a better word, but our speculation is that they cannot really hurt us. There's mm -hmm. some universal law that because they're crossing into our realm from wherever they are, they can't really do any damage to us. And thank goodness, right? I mean, they can't really interfere in our world. Right. Um, but yeah, some people on, on ghost investigations have been scratched. I haven't mm -hmm. um, heard them, seen one. Um, but generally, no, nothing really to be scared of. Fair. Other than the surprise. Yeah, I, I get that. Yeah, yeah. A short walk away, it's the old, uh, old Hotel Vancouver, and I've heard yep. many people saying, like, there's uh, very recognizable characters, the certain same characters that come through. Uh, yes. With many different people saying, like, they were wearing the same clothing, they all look the same. So there seems to be consistency in that way. Yep. Would you say here at Waterfront there might be some of those same like sort of characters yes. that, yes. that maybe are, are around here haunting? Yeah, there's you know, there's several different classifications of ghost, if you will. Um, we've just talked about entities, that is what we think are spirits of people who have passed, and for some reason their consciousness still can exist in our realm and they can you know, appear and so forth. But there's also another class called imprints mm -hmm. where we think that's not conscious. It's more of a slip in time and space. So, for example, there's a ghost here at Waterfront who is, she wears a flapper's dress from the 1920s, mm. so about 100 years ago. And she was um, seen, gosh, about 20 years ago for the first time, I think, at, at least as far as we know, by a security guard up there on the west side where there used to be a ballroom. Mm. Um, and he, this security guard was walking down the hall late, late, late one night when it was the station was closed and quiet, you know. Um, and he heard this 1920s dance music, hmm. you know, that really old-fashioned yeah. sound of music, not rock and roll. Um, and he heard this, and as he was walking down the hallway, he saw this woman mm. pirouetting, dancing in the hallway. And she was wearing the flapper-style hat and the beautiful sequin dress, you know, on high heels, dancing. And he thought, what the heck is going on? Right. As he walked further along the hallway... The music stopped and she vanished. Mm. So um, I think there's a good chance she's an imprint. So she, there's a slip in time. Maybe she was doing that exact action 100 years ago in right. 1923. Right. And for some reason, he glimpsed a little glitch in space-time where she's doing the same thing over and over, but she's not conscious. Right. Having said that, though, kind of an update I've had recently from my friend Lydia of Ghostly Vancouver Tours is that that same ghost was seen on the main floor. Oh, okay. Walking down the hallway behind the restaurant. Interesting. So maybe she is conscious. Yeah. If I were to see that particular imprint, that wouldn't scare me so much as it would be just fascinating to see that particular pimp. Yeah, wouldn't it? Mm. Um, I guess it's a little shocking if you're doing a round of security <laughs> Very guard at two or three in the morning right. and you see that and you think, and it disappears. Mm. I, I'm sure it would put a chill up your spine, but still, it is fascinating. Yeah. And this is what fascinates me is... What is that? How does that work? Right. And why? Right. Yeah. Um, in your experience, you know, you, you, you've spoken with many different people who either are psychics or mm. people who have a connection yeah. and are able to identify where the spirits might be. Like, have you heard of any on the system, on the transit system, taking buses, SkyTrain, C-Bus, or any of that? Yes, I have. As you've mentioned, lots of good friends who are psychics, or, or there's my friend Amanda. She's a fellow paranormal investigator. Mm -hmm. We go investigating together, and she also runs New Westminster Ghost Tours. Oh, okay. We're starting that up soon. She tells me, and, and she told me this a few years ago, about a spirit that 
gets on SkyTrain in New Westminster. So this person gets on at Columbia Station and he gets on SkyTrain. And you can imagine late at night, this is just before SkyTrain, you know, stops running for right. the day. Is that what, 12, 1230? So it's late. It's around midnight. And he gets on and the, the one or two people on the car with him notice him get on mm. and he sits down. And then, you know, they look away. And then between the time the train leaves, leaves Columbia Station and gets to New Westminster Station, so headed, you know, westbound, mm -hmm. he's gone. Mm -hmm. So they look back at where he had sat down and he is gone. And they can't see him. You know, you look up the train and, and to the other cars and he is just nowhere to be seen. Mm -hmm. So that is a, a, a ghost I'm aware of actually on SkyTrain. But again, the question is, is that a conscious entity? Right. Or is it an imprint of this fellow who got on there in who knows when, 1997? Right. And for some reason in space-time, there's a rift and suddenly you see him. That moment was just captured for whichever reason. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Who knows? It's just all part of the mystery wrapped in the enigma, right? It's kind of fascinating to think about because uh, especially the early morning rush and then the late afternoon rush. Yeah. Everyone's trying to be polite. And especially in today's age, nobody's really making eye contact with no. other commuters. No. You might notice like, oh, somebody sat down diagonal from me or across from me. Yeah. Yeah. And then you look back and they're gone. Right. And you don't want to stare, mm -hmm. right? The last thing you want to do is, yeah, of course, your eye will follow. We're all people watchers. Mm -hmm. Your eye will follow and you see them sit down. And if they smile at you, you smile at them. Um, but you look away. Right, because staring it would not be nice. Right, and so yeah, in this case, they they look away and they do something quickly and they look back and he's absolutely gone. We'll take a quick break right now. Back with more spooky stories on what's the tea, the Translink podcast. Uh, I wish we could like go somewhere. How? We don't drive. We're kids. What about taking me? Oh, hey, bus. Hey. Thanks, but we don't have any money. Because we're kids. Oh, you haven't heard? Kids ride free! What? Kids 12 and under ride free on transit. Welcome back to What's the Tea, the TransLink podcast. I'm John Jang in conversation with Greg Mansfield, author of Ghosts of Vancouver, the 41 haunted places around Metro Vancouver. And Greg, we're talking about ghosts and hauntings across the public transit system in Vancouver. I'm not an expert. I can't definitively say that this is or is not real, but there does seem to be some sort of a consensus just to remind our listener that no matter what, these spirits, these ghosts, whatever you want to call them, they can't hurt you but they sure can scare you. Um, they can be scary. Uh, I'll talk about, if you don't mind, uh, there's a sort of a semi-famous story here yeah. in, in Waterfront Station where there was a security guard about 20 years ago who uh, came up, and I'm just trying to think what floor he was on, but he came up to um, one of the empty offices here, I think on the fourth floor, not sure, but he came in and... Everything was dark. Mm -hmm. So the hallway lights were out. The office lights were out naturally. And he had his flashlight. And he went into a large, empty office. And he was walking around just checking things out. And he saw the spirit mm -hmm. of a middle-aged woman. And she was glowing like she was phosphorescent. Mm -hmm. And she approached him as he stood there, you know, stupefied in kind of, who is this person? Right. And she reached out to him. Mm -hmm. And it freaked him out. And he was 
very, very scared. It was such a shock for him um, that he ran. He just ran and he went downstairs. And, um, but he was so traumatized by this that he painted a painting mm. of this woman. Interesting. Which is to this day in the station. It is. It's in the basement. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I know that from its security guards talk about it. So he painted it. And I've seen a picture of the painting, so a photo of the picture. And um, she's a middle-aged lady, but she's dressed in fairly modern clothes, Mm -hmm. you know, almost from the 70s or 80s. Um, And... He was. He wanted to get this out of his system, so he painted it and he donated it to the station, uh, and it's still here. But there's a kind of a funny tale around it, and I don't know if it's the stuff of legend, which the trouble with ghosts and legends, they often get intertwined. Sure. And yeah. so yeah. it's said that if the painting is ever taken away from Waterfront mm. Station, weird things happen, mm. such as the power goes out right. or weird electrical disturbances. So the security guards have put the painting back. It's in the basement. Mm. You can't access it. You mm. can't see it. Only the security guards with their keys and Fair. building maintenance see it in this room. What are some misconceptions you would want to clear up when people say, um, you know, ghosts exist here in Vancouver. They might be at Waterfront Station or elsewhere, you know, where old, old buildings tend to exist. And yeah. certainly like Gastown just steps away from here. So yes. what are some common misconceptions that people have that frustrate you when you hear them? Yeah, well, yeah, one of the, and, and a lot of these misconceptions have been brought up by television programs. Mm. You know, the TV shows more around the paranormal mm. investigation programs. A small number of them are actually quite good. They're actually quite honest. Mm. But a large majority of them hype it up for the television and to get you scared and to make good entertainment, sure. right? Fair sure. enough. But they purport to be real, but they're not. Mm. And so some of those shows will hype it up and they'll lead you to believe that all ghosts can hurt you. Mm. That many, many ghosts, if not most of them, are demons, if you will. Mm. And that's just not true. Um, it's just the opposite. The majority of these things are passive. The majority of them um, don't want to hurt you. Maybe they're stuck in our realm and they don't know how to move on. Um, they're in a sort of an endless loop that mm. they can't help but, you know, stay in. Um, and so that bugs me when you hear, oh, yes, and it was a demon. And it was, and it was really evil. And okay, that's rare. Mm. And, you know, it's unlikely that it's a demon. If something bad is happening, like a ghost has enough energy to throw stuff at you sure. or scratch you, it's probably the spirit of a person who's passed on and they're angry. Mm-hmm. You know, ghosts have emotions just like we do. Mm-hmm. And many of them, I think, when they pass, they carry those final emotions with them. Were they sad because they were being murdered or had to go, had to die? Were they angry because they were being attacked? Or, right. And, and some of them are angry and they're stuck and they, they want to get your attention or they don't like you being in their space and they will go for you. But again, they can't kill you. They can't seriously harm you. Right. I haven't heard any stories if in real life of that happening. Well, I mean, all of us tend to have an irrational fear or two. Like yes. for me, I yes. hate flying. Okay. And there's that irrational fear. Like, this yep. could be the last flight I ever Of course. Right? And I hate heights. And that, <laughs> you know, uh, I'm probably not going to fall. But, yeah, same thing. Just because we know the facts doesn't mean it yeah. comforts us yeah. any. Exactly. So, to your yeah. point, I, I see what you are saying. Yeah. But don't, don't, be, don't be scared. Uh, be fascinated. Mm. If you experience something, investigate it. Mm-hmm. 
check your senses. Were you drinking at the time? Hopefully not. <laughs> um, but be open-minded. That's all I have to say. You know, and I've got lots of friends who are scientists, you know, doctors and engineers and so on. Oh, here goes Greg again with his ghosts. You know, it's all, it's all BS. Um, but I say to them, guys, look, we don't know everything. Mm -hmm. Science does not know everything. We're far from knowing everything. Based on the anecdotal evidence, and some of it's made up. Sure. A lot of people make this stuff up for attention. And I think I have a pretty good sense of who does that and who doesn't. Um, but there's a good, maybe a 1% to 2% of the stories that are real. They're true. The people are making them up. It's just what they experienced. Right. And they're telling you. It's right. like, it was super weird and I can't explain it. Mm -hmm. And some of those people I talk to, I'll say, oh, well, could it have been this? And they'll say, oh, yeah, it could have been, I guess. Like, I don't know, electrical failure sure. or something. Mm -hmm. But... I've seen a shadow figure. It wasn't a figment of my imagination. This was last year. It was the real thing. Mm. I was shocked when I saw it. I couldn't believe I'd seen it. But um, these things are out there. For people that want to check out uh, Ghosts of Vancouver and find out more about the work you've done, Greg, where can they find more uh, information? Yeah, absolutely. Well, the I have a website, and it, and it details some of the locations from the book. Um, so that's uh, www.ghostsofvancouver.com. Whether or not you actually believe in ghosts, the spooky season makes it a fun opportunity to let your imagination run wild, especially when you find yourself waiting for the SkyTrain in one of Vancouver's oldest buildings like Waterfront Station. And who knows, maybe the next time you take your seat on the bus or on the SkyTrain, you may realize the person that was sitting across from you just moments ago has vanished. My thanks to Greg Mansfield, author of Ghosts of Vancouver, for his expertise on the subject, producer Alan Tung for his tireless and haunting work behind the scenes, and Taylor Wagner, who provided the inspiration for this episode. My name is John Jang. Happy Halloween from all of us at TransLink. And until next time, have a safe trip. We've become all too familiar with problems. It's time we're introduced to some solutions. The transit-friendly employer certification exists to support and promote transit use, one of the easiest, most effective actions we can take to address climate action and livability. Organizations that provide a 50% transit subsidy will receive this certification. The time to act is now. Become a transit-friendly employer today.